James chapter 5, we see James coming to a conclusion and, like many New Testament writers, having a rapid-fire section of this idea that he's been talking about, the interplay between faith and works. Now, it begins with riches, that how that certain people have been dealing with their riches is indicative of, as we've been discussing, motivation and theology. Now, important to note, he does not condemn them for being rich. He condemns them for how they are using their riches. We see them hoarding, but not only hoarding their riches, but the way that they've been hoarding is by fraud and withholding money from laborers, the people that have worked for them. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. We know that this is true because he responded to the Israelites, uh, crying out in Egypt. And even in Revelation, he talks about the prayers of people rising to him as incense. Verse 5 is the critique of motivation. Why are they doing this? But then verse 6 is a critique of their theology, because in them doing this, what they have actually done is condemned and murdered that person, that when we defraud, when we cheat, when we lie to people in a place of business, what we are doing is we are killing their value. We are saying that they are less human, less worthy, less of a person than I am. The end of verse six, he does not resist you, I think is so powerful because for the world, a lot of times that's an excuse to do the th evil things. Well, nobody said anything. It's not illegal. Nobody was, you know, fighting it. And yet, here we see James saying, no, that is actually the thing that is even more uh, condemning of your heart and your actions. The fact that you would take advantage of somebody who does not even resist you. Next, we see suffering and patience in suffering. Verse 7, motivation. Verse 8, theology. Then verse 9, uh, we see grumbling against uh, one another which I think is a good reminder that patience in suffering is not merely sitting around waiting. How we wait matters. The example here is of the prophets. And again, the theological statement behind it at verse 11. Verse 12, this really quick one-off about swearing. Now, this is not using curse words, uh, but I think we can see this in light of the other uh application points that he's had, where he's saying that if we are casually throwing around our reputation, if we are casually throwing around the name of God by swearing to him, then the truthfulness of who we are is in question. Let your yes be yes, your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation, so that there is no reason for you to be condemned because what you know to be true, you state as true. Finally, very famous passages, which we cannot get into everything, verse 13 through the end. Uh, and there's so many things we could talk about here. Uh, you should definitely look up this example of Elijah praying uh, and also the previous example of Job. If you don't know about Job, uh, we should talk about that. That Elijah reference is 1 Kings 17 and 18. In conclusion, James is talking about faith and works, and the place that he is talking about that is in 
the relationships we have and in the problems that we face. That's really important for us in church to understand that this is where faith grows. Faith doesn't grow in the times of convenience. Faith grows in the problems and in the relationships. And many of you have been involved in any intimate setting, family or church, you know that the problems in relationships will occur. And the ultimate exhortation, verse 19 and 20, to bring back, to reconcile, that if our faith is genuine, if our understanding of the truth, if someone wanders from the truth, then our understanding of the truth and our works of faith are to seek to bring that person back. James is a very convicting book. I hope it has been for you because, man, the interplay between faith and works, it's so difficult sometimes to deal with because we have to confront our own sinfulness. But yet even here, I think there's an encouragement that we don't do that alone because James is exhorting people to bring back those who have wandered from the truth. So when we wander for the truth, understand that the role of the church is to help bring us back. And God is watching over us, not because he's wanting to see us fail, not because he wants to condemn us when we do bad works, but because he wants us to be transformed inside and out, that the truth of the gospel would change not just our salvation destination, but even how we live every single day and to bring us freedom every single day. Hope this has been encouraging to you.